Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Monica Swanson Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it. So check it out. Let me know what you think. Aloha, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy to be with you again today and We have such a special guest with us. I think you're going to love this episode, and I'm really going to encourage you to share it with the men in your life. This one is for all of us, yes, but I'm going to vote especially the men need to listen to Justin Whitmell early and also to get your hands on his most recent book, Made for People, Why We Drift into Loneliness and How to Fight for a Life of Friendship. Uh, Justin is an incredible writer. He's one of my favorites, quoted him like crazy in Raising Amazing. Um, I've had him on the podcast before. I'll be linking to that in show notes. And I just think he is a really smart guy and also just an incredible writer who communicates such important truths so well. So I'm not even going to say any more. I do want to pause to thank you so much for just being in this podcast community, for your ratings and reviews. Hey, if you haven't left one yet, do you know how much that would mean to me? You can even pause right now and you just look at your little phone, scroll down, find those five stars and click on them and or leave a few words about what you love most about the Monica Swanson podcast. That truly, truly blesses me. Also, if you just let your friends know about this podcast, you can take a screenshot, share it to your stories, you know, mention it next time you're hanging out with a friend. It just blesses me to have all of you helping spread the word. That's how this podcast is found by more people. And I just love serving this community so much. It is such an honor and a privilege. So thank you. You guys know that I love it when you email me and I am very open to your requests for future topics and guests. And you can do that by emailing me at aloha at monicaswanson.com. All right. I read every email. I pray for everyone who emails me. And when I can, I reply. I can't always reply, but just know that 
I read everyone and I also read every review. So thank you in advance. All right, friends, this is a great topic. I think you're going to be super encouraged and inspired and maybe challenged. So without further ado, here's Justin Whitmell, Early and I talking about why we drift into loneliness and how we can fight for a life of friendship. This could be life-changing. I really mean that. I hope you're encouraged. Hey, Justin, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Monica. I'm so excited. Yeah, well, I have been looking forward to a chance to talk about another book. Actually, just as soon as I finished reading your last book, I just was hoping you'd write another one because my husband and I have both so enjoyed <laughs> your writing. Oh. I'm like, he could write about anything and we'd read it. So, <laughs> well, oh, you're the best. Thank you. I love writing. So I'd love to hear that. Yeah. And you do a lot more than writing. So for anyone who doesn't know you, why don't you just give us a snapshot of what you do, your life, your family? I, I do. I do. Um, <laughs> I, my wife and family come first. So married to Lauren, she's the best. Mm. We are um, the parents of four young boys <laughs> aged right now between four and 11. Mm. So I've obviously long looked up to you on how to raise <laughs> boys. Days. Uh, we're figuring out as we go. Um, I'm a business lawyer by uh, profession. So that's what I do with my quote unquote nine to five. And it really is like that. That is what I do. I've got a team of people here. I run my own law firm now. But um, it's kind of a profession of words. We draft, negotiate cr- contracts and help people navigate business deals of starting or selling companies. So we're writing all the time and I just love writing all the time. So whether it's, you know, Christian nonfiction or um, closely held secret, I do poetry too. <laughs> I, love, I love writing. Okay. So one of my you know favorite things is I spend the first hour of most days writing and eventually those turns into books and here we are. Here we are. Okay, and tell us about your last books leading up to this one. Well, so I've started to see it as a trilogy, actually. And oh, <laughs> I okay. I, like I started it. my writing, actually, when I collapsed in my first year of lawyering in an anxiety crash. Mm-hmm. And the Lord helped me rebuild my life of habit because I realized my head was going one way and my habit was going the other way. And my heart was following these all these bad habits. So mm. I started like thinking about my interior life of technology and busyness and schedule as a young lawyer. And I wrote a book called The Common Rule, which mm-hmm. recommends four daily and four weekly habits for spiritual formation as like a regular worker like me or a regular parent. So that's like mm-hmm. interior life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came out of crisis of anxiety. And then my second book, Habits of the Household, kind of also came out of crisis, a smaller one. But I realized I was working on my you know, work habits and technology habits, but I was still generally yelling at my kids in the evening, generally just being an angry, frustrated father. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to apply this stuff about liturgy and spiritual formation to the realm of parenting. Mm. And it was really a sweet time where I felt like the Lord took me through rethinking how my normal reactions to everyday situations in the house Mm. happen. And that Mm -hmm. was Habits of the Household. So that's like, started with interior life, then move out to family. And this, this next book that's coming out, kind of as we speak, is on friendship. Um, yeah. So moving out into community life and thinking about the arts and habits of friendship. Because whether you're a worker, stay-at-home parent, or anything in between, I've noticed that right now that the thing that makes or breaks lives, the difference between people who are thriving in their walk with the Lord and the people who are struggling or falling away, 
is not hard things. Like we all have hard mm. things. It's whether you walk through them with friends or not. Wow. And so I, I'm, I'm so excited to write about friendship. Wow. Wow. I do see the trilogy there too. That's incredible. Yeah, a little bit. Am I uh, forcing it? Makes sense. No, I think it totally works. And I'll just say that your book, Habits of the Household, if anybody's read Raising Amazing, I'm pretty sure I quote you in that book more than anything else to the point that <laughs> when I turned it in to my editor, I was like, she's going to be like, what the heck? Why are you quoting him so much? And she, I thought she'd cut it, but she actually left most of them in there. So, oh, that's, yeah. I, well, I love it. And I mean, I feel like we're giving back because <laughs> Lauren and I, you know, read and watched your stuff with Raising uh, Boys, um, yeah. like, you know boy mom stuff. Um, uh, so yeah, we've learned a lot. I'm happy that we could contribute something back to you. Oh, uh, well, you know, what would be really fun is someday to get our families together and let my big boys and, you know, my 13 year old's not too far off, but yeah, can we come to Hawaii? You can come to Hawaii. That would be okay, so much fun. Oh, I'd love that. Well, your new book is such a fun, just slight pivot on topics, but I love it. The minute I think I was about three pages in when I stopped and was like, I'm ordering this for every male in my family. Like, this is so oh. important. Um, of course, I my family it. is only males. <laughs> so, but <laughs> tell me that. Like, I'm kind of curious is this a book you would say is necessarily for men or for everyone? How, where, what is Lauren's thoughts as far as how this fits for women relationships as well? I would, I would say absolutely for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, I, when you look at the modern West and America, we live in what I would call a current of loneliness, a very dangerous current yes. of loneliness. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the only one saying this. Like I didn't make this up, you know, like um, I actually have on my, on my desk, like this surgeon general study on the epidemic oh. of loneliness that came yeah. out in June wow. of 2023. So this is, this is recent. This is like modern stats and yep. health professionals are beating the drum of, oh my gosh, we have learned in the, and this is really recent data, recent knowledge. We've learned in the last couple of years that loneliness is making us die younger. It's mm -hmm. causing health problems to the tune of obesity and smoking. Mm -hmm. And these are not exaggerated statistics. These yeah. are pretty empirical. And so any, wherever you are, um, man or woman, baby boomer, Gen Xer, you know, what, whatever, like, mm -hmm. You're struggling with loneliness, whether you know it or not. The yep. current that you're in, if you don't fight back against it, is taking you towards loneliness. Now, mm. I am am a man, so I I write more about my male friendships in mm -hmm. the book than anything else, which mm -hmm. is kind of natural. But but I don't think this problem of loneliness is unique to men at all. I think it is unique to our modern moment, and mm -hmm. all of us need to think about why we are living such individualistic lives, and mm -hmm. and particularly why that's the ant antithesis to the way God made us because yeah. we need people. We're made for people, which is the title of the book. Yes. So good. Okay. So can you tell us the story of what led to you writing it? Well, I was, um, I started high school. I tell the story at the beginning of the book. I started high school in a, a tough spot. Let's say mm -hmm. I was the kind of guy who tucked in my t-shirts. I played the clarinet. <laughs> I had Bible verses on the front of my binders. You're laughing now. I like that picture. It's sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I had just moved from a different town because my dad had been elected to state office. So everybody mm. knew me oh. as this politician's kid who was new to the school, but I knew no one and no one mm. knew my interior. Life, yeah. right? And I remember, I remember that first year of high school, just, 
everything about it was hard. There were no easy decisions from mm-hmm. like which t-shirt to wear and tuck mm-hmm. in to like, you know, whether to speak up in class. Um, yeah. Everything was hard. Oh. And, I, so, and I thought at the time that, oh, like life is just hard. Like life is less difficult. Like I, as I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. Um, I didn't realize at the time that a lot of the difficulties and anxieties we experience in life generally are not baked into life. They're baked into loneliness. Mm. And this might be true of a listener's life right now, but I didn't know that at the time, right? So mm. I'm living, I'm like swimming in this lonely current and then something happens, um, which is also kind of funny. I, I spend a youth retreat weekend away and happen to make friends with this guy named Steve who, who we bond over like skateboards, drum sets, and hacky sacks. Very 1990s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And regardless of whether you know what those things are as a listener, like the hacky sack part, um, we just had what C.S. Lewis calls the U2 moment yeah. where you realize C.S. Lewis says this is the beginning of friendship where you look at somebody else and say, oh, you too. I thought I was the only yeah. one. And we, um, yeah. we just mm-hmm. started to forge this little friendship. And we had the funniest moment at the locker, which changed the rest of my life. And well, one of us, we actually can't remember whom, but I'm, I'm guessing it was Steve said, do you want to be best friends? And it was <laughs> as, that awkward. <laughs> and, and, and I was, you know, I was like, hey, that sounds good to me. And it was like, that was it. It was like a Wes Anderson movie where everybody says what they're thinking. And then like, we just uh, move on. Um, uh, it did not seem significant at the time at all. Right. And then I look back at my high school life and everything from that moment changed because wow. not because mm-hmm. my circumstances changed. I was still awkward, adolescent, public high school, but my experience of those circumstances changed completely mm-hmm. because now I face them alongside a friend. Mm-hmm. And ever since I've had this feeling that I was made for friendship. Mm-hmm. And that was years ago. You know, this is like 20 years later, those friendships and ones like it have seen me through so many different phases of life and, and so many different hard things. And I've realized what I shared at the beginning, that the difference between I think people who walk well with the Lord and not is not the hard things and the tragedies and the mental illness and the struggles and the miscarriages. Like they, that's life. But when you walk, when you face those experiences beside a friend, mm. everything changes. Yeah. And so this book comes from the blessing of, of those kinds of friendships. Yeah. And it seems that since that time, you really have found many more good friends and understood the value of them. So you've held on. So Yeah. yeah. And, and I think... I want to honor those friends. I mean, I, they have made me, hmm. you know, like I am not who I would be without my close friends mm-hmm. here in Richmond. Yeah. Um, but you also have to work at them, right? Yeah. It's not just, I don't want anybody to get the impression like, oh, well, I don't have old high school friends. A lot of my friends are new friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need longevity yeah. to have really close friendships. Um, you don't need, you know, somebody you've known for years. Actually, that can be a liability. Mm-hmm. You, friendships are an art and you got to start working at an art. It's something yeah. you can practice, but you can never master. So yeah, I want to like, we work at this, which is why right. it's a beautiful relationship. Okay. I totally love that. Um, but I'm wondering what you would say to someone like my husband, who I told him before we recorded, I was like, I wish you could be in on this interview and he should have been, but I know that he, and I have other friends whose husbands are similar. Um, he's more introverted. He has some good friends, especially the the longer, like lifelong friends that he connects quickly with when he sees them. But I'd say on a regular, like daily or weekly basis, he'd say, well, my family's my people. You guys are, you're really all I need. 
but mm-hmm. you would argue, no, that's not enough. You need people Sorry. outside of your family. So yeah. I would say it's not enough. Yeah. I think you're right. And yet you work, you write, you have so much going on. And then I read your book and I'm like, it sounds like you're hanging out by the fire pit with your buddies. Like how in the heck do you make that happen? Can you maybe, maybe tell some of the intentionality behind it to inspire someone who's like not doing it right now? Yeah. 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 So let's work backwards here because I, I define a friend as someone who knows you fully and loves you anyway. And we Mm -hmm. can come back to what that exactly means. Mm -hmm. But and I've written about habits in a lot of my other books, but I would firmly put a stake in the ground and say friendship is not fundamentally a habit. It is a complicated relationship that changes a lot in your life. It's as much as an art as it is a habit. Okay. That said, <laughs> there are things you can do in your schedule mm-hmm. to make um, your life conducive to friendship. So mm-hmm. we're going to work backwards. Let's talk about the habit Good. part. For I'm with you. What I think is so cool about friendship is that everything else that's essential for you know physical surviving and spiritual thriving you have to do like all the time okay like Mm -hmm. you have to sleep at least seven hours a day you have to work and parent for unfortunately way more than that (laughs) you you need to eat multiple times a day and and spiritually speaking you know you should be praying without ceasing or reading your bible regularly there's all these things but friendship which you were made for god created you for this just one hour a week will completely change the yeah. rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Even, even when it's like one hour every other week. And so with my two closest friends here in Richmond, you know, we have this standing um, porch night every other Tuesday where we get together. And, you know, from the outside, it looks just normal. It's like we're hanging out on each other's porches, probably sharing a drink, talking about our marriages, our kids, our work. We're shooting the breeze like it will look very regular, and but but if you like look closely or you sit with us and, and listen, over the course of these every other week gatherings, we're doing this radical thing called being honest with each other, mm. right? Everything from like our internet history to our deepest fears of mental illness and what we're working through and physical injury or what kids are going through or what mm. we're struggling with in our marriage that are that's hard to talk about with our wives. And in that schedule, like that loosely held rhythm that often gets canceled or postponed or rescheduled, mm. but over the course of weeks and then months, I've become a person without secrets. Mm. These guys know me. And and that's that idea of being fully known. Wow. And then in that schedule of coming back together and doing it over and over, I hear and I sense from them, Justin, I know they know all my garbage and they keep coming back to my mm. porch anyway. They love me anyway. Yeah. And that's a habit. Wow. Um, but it can create an incredible life of living without secrets, mm. which is what we need. Because otherwise we we burn up from the inside out. Yeah, totally. That makes perfect sense. Hey, friends, I hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to pause here real quick to make sure you know about an online math curriculum that I have been learning all about. CTC Math is an amazing homeschool curriculum, but also useful for extra math practice, kind of like a tutor at home if your kids go to school. Now, I learned about CTC Math through Dorenda Wilson, who we all know is the expert homeschool mom to eight, and I've been checking it out, and I'm so impressed with their video tutorials and summaries, which are clear, complete, and so easy to follow. 
follow. A whole lot of families who have tried other math curriculums are delighted with how simple and straightforward CTC math is. The other cool thing is they offer a 12-month money-back guarantee, no questions asked. So that is good reason in itself to check it out. They have been just winning over a lot of families to this math curriculum. So go over to ctcmath.com, check it out, start your free trial. Let me know what you think once you check it out. I think you're going to love it. ctcmath.com. And now we'll get back to the show. Hey friends, well after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out. See their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Okay. So first step, let's, because when I talk to girlfriends and if I ever say things like, yeah, Dave needs more friends or like we're hitting a season where I think it's time to start creating more space for more friendships. Most of my friends are like, oh, my husband's the exact same way. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have any friends or he has one friend. What are the baby steps? I, I mean, obviously it's kind of like anything when you recognize how important it is, I think people need to realize how important it is to make space for it, to create that priority because it's like exercise, right? If you don't think it matters, then why would you ever carve out time for it? But yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So let, let, let me go back though. Cause the, the, I'm going to I'm not going to ignore the baby steps, but I do think we live in a time where friendship is seen as something on the periphery of the Christian life, mm. um, something that's not necess- necessary yeah. for walking with the Lord. Um, it's like a luxury, but it's you know it's optional. Mm. And my greatest hope in this book would be to challenge that assumption mm-hmm. gently and kindly. Yeah. But but tell people that hey, you are made in such a way that you can't experience God the way that you were made to experience him. Mm until you experience them alongside others. Wow. I would even say that you can't fully behold the beauty of the gospel, Jesus's wow. life, death, and resurrection for you until you behold it hmm. through the lens of friendship. And that's that's a biblical story we can dive into. But my, my point is, I would love to he- see the church go back, because it's not like the church hmm. never knew this, but go back to a time when the word friendship sounded like the words quiet time or prayer or mm. worship or church, something that you're like, oh, inherently, yeah, that's part of the, the Christian life because it is. Friendship is an essential part of the, the biblical story. Jesus describes his act of salvation at the Last Supper to his disciples as an act of friendship. He says, fundamentally, what I've done in salvation has made you friends mm-hmm. of God. Mm. And if Ephesians tells us that we're to be imitators of God, um, you know, becoming like Christ necessarily means becoming more like a friend. So the first thing that I'd want to see, you know, men or women, but I, I hear your point, like a lot of men, I think, um, can struggle with being more open and really mm-hmm. inviting mm-hmm. 
first thing I'd want them to understand is that you can be lonely with God. You can be lonely with your family. Mm-hmm. God created you such that mm-hmm. you were, you know, you were not enough mm-hmm. until there's, there's friends that walk deeply alongside yeah. you. And I think when you get that, like, oh, I need this, then you're willing to be like, well, I need to exercise. So I might do it three times a week. You mm-hmm. know, you start moving mm-hmm. towards it. And I'm saying like, hey, you need friendship. You only need once a week, once every other week, it'll totally. change your life. Yes, I 100% agree. And that's why I'm so glad you put it in this book because it's going to come better from you and your stories and all that you share than from a wife who's. <laughs> well, I always say with, with habits of the household too, you know, I'll, I, I'll have like a women message or e- e- email or talk, come back to me after a conference or something be like, you know, my husband really needs to hear this. And I'm on the, I'm like, you know, just send him to me, like send him to me. Like I'll talk, to him. I'll give him the book. Um, Cause I love, like I, I love talking to guys about this. I really mm. don't think this is just a book for guys, but it is, guys need this. Right. Um, like they, like we, we should talk about teenage girls actually, because they're listen, right now with social media, the mm-hmm. stat of mental unhealth and suicide rates and as mediated by online relationships is, is awful. Uh-huh. But if you look at men, um, it, it is awful. The, the loneliness epidemic is striking really, really hard mm. at men. They're the ones who are in the opioid crisis committing suicide. Mm. And so it's, it's both and, but I do have a real heart for going to men and saying you, it, it, the most manly thing that you can do mm. is, is just tell your secrets to another guy Wow, and be fully known by somebody and, and cry with them mm. and hear them say, I love you, brother. And mm. so does Christ. Mm. That is the most masculine thing um, I think I do. And I just came out of the gym where it was deadlifting, you know, 350 pounds or something. Like I can do that. So. <laughs> that doesn't matter. The most masculine thing I do is, is uh, tell my secret friend. Okay. That is so cool. And I'm really happy that my two oldest sons who are living independently, you know, across the ocean from me, I think they've tapped into this. I feel like they talk about friendships that are vulnerable and deep. In fact, on that, talk to us about the difference between sharing and vulnerability, because I think you make an important distinction in the book about that. Mm, yeah. And this is really important. Um, so I'll answer this by going back to the passage I just referenced earlier in John 15, where Jesus says, I have called you friends. And the reason he says that is he says, you're no longer servants. Everything that I've heard from the father, I've made known to you. Mm. Um and this is this idea that by fully disclosing himself to us, he treats us as friends. This mm-hmm. idea of vulnerability, like you know everything. Mm-hmm. And of course, for Jesus, this is ultimately ultimate vulnerability. He's about to go to the cross. Mm-hmm. The Latin root of vulnerable means to be capable of being wounded. <laughs> so you're, he is making himself capable of being wounded by disclosing himself and giving himself to us. Mm-hmm. And when I look at relationships... I was once talking about vulnerability to a group of executive leaders. And one of them came up to me afterwards and said, you know, this is awesome. I love this. But honestly, if my friends knew everything about my life, they could get me fired. Mm. And I was like, exactly. You need somebody who is capable of wounding Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. because they know so much about you. Wow. But they stick around with you anyway, Mm -hmm. because that's what Christ does for us. So Sharing is the idea that, you know, you say something like, you know, I'm having a rough time in my marriage right now. You know, vulnerability is like, 
we were shouting so loud last night that we almost woke up the kids, you know, and someone mm-hmm. threw something or you know, mm-hmm. sharing is like work is stressing me out. Vulnerability is, um, I can't sleep at night unless I take pills or drink, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's levels of like, and by the way, the reason I shared those two things is because those are, those are things that I've said to my friends in the mm-hmm. past so that they mm-hmm. can help me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not talking about somebody else. I'm talking about the guy on the podcast right now. Mm-hmm. And here's the, here's the reality. Monica, as, as you know, and everybody else in theory knows, we're all centers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the ingredients to friendships are two things, a center mm-hmm. and a center. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. we're good. Totally. It is no surprise that we have stuff. Mm. And if you go read you know, Bonhoeffer on Life Together or anybody that writes well about community, one of the main things they're going to talk about is like, let's stop pretending that we're yeah. good. Yeah. Because the goodness of grace mm. is you cannot be received when we're all pretending that we have it together. So what I'm talking about is not sharing in the abstract. Like I have some troubles, but um, nobody will really know what they are. Mm-hmm. It's sharing in the specific, like I'm a real human being with actual failures and I need somebody to know mm-hmm. how messed up I am mm-hmm. so that they can love me anyway, because that's exactly what Christ does for us. He knows mm-hmm. very specifically the ways that we fa- fail yeah. Yeah. in the midst of us anyway. And that's the kind of vulnerability we need with each other. I love that so much. And and I love that for anyone who's listening, it's like, I want that, male or female. Like, this is something I so crave, but like, I just know there's somebody that's like, I could never do it. I just... Well, let, me, let me add two yeah. things to that real quick. Yeah, just that, yeah. That you, you know, we crave it. Just tip this off in my mind. Very short. One, what sounds like you know, failure to you is going to sound like courage to the person across the table exactly. almost all the time. Exactly. And, and this is, this is really important when you share your failures most of the time, sometimes mm-hmm. you'll get a dud and somebody will be like, cool, that's weird. I'm leaving. Or like, Hey, look mm-hmm. at this meme. It's awkward. Mm-hmm. Most of the time you get somebody saying, I am so honored. You couldn't trust me with that. And then wait for it. <laughs> they'll say, can I tell you something actually? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Vulnerability looks like courage on the other side of the table, and it catalyzes more vulnerability. And this is the soil of of real friendship. So, so beautiful. Take the baby step. It's a, it's mm-hmm. scary. It is. But you will change your community. You will change other people by being brave enough to talk honestly about your sin because it's life is more like a high school dance than not. Like everybody's <laughs> out there waiting to be asked. <laughs> oh, that's you go be honest. So good. It, things. It does. Well, and since you're being vulnerable and honest, I'll just share a way that this played out for me as my book, Raising Amazing, was being edited. Something happened with one of my sons. He just went through a particularly challenging spell, which is his story to tell. So, you know, there and there's certain things I think sometimes people look at us who write books and talk about things and they're like, why don't you share more of the stuff? Well, it's not always the timing or ours to share, but I do allude to it in Raising Amazing, and actually my son mentions it as well, but Mm. I remember reaching out to a group of friends, and I was like, I don't even know. Could this affect the book? Like, should I not be writing this book when my son's going through this? And every one of them was like, I have never been happier to hear you share something because you are now officially human and your son is officially human, and now I relate to you better. And by the way somebody close to me has been through something very similar. And it just was like this beautiful moment of like, oh, yes, that's, I had to do that. And it was so just such an important moment for me as a writer and in my friendships. 
I, I'm, it's so important. And we mm. could talk about this all day. I mean, yeah. I, I'm an English major, right? And you, what you're looking for in every story, movie, anything, is someone who has flaws mm-hmm. and yet overcomes them, right? Yes. That is the human story we crave. Mm-hmm. When you see somebody who apparently doesn't have flaws, that looks like a villain in disguise because you're like, wait, something's wrong. Like, exactly. Something's wrong. Suspicious. And when we try to act like that to each other, people are like, something's wrong. I don't know. It's uncomfortable. But when we act and say, like, I struggle. Mm. You know, my wife was just talking about this because we we're about to do a podcast together. And she's like, I don't even feel qualified because, like, we're, we're so messy in our house with all this stuff. And I'm like, I could not agree more. And by the way, that's exactly what people want to mm-hmm. hear about. Yep. How it's hard for us. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, right. And, you know. And I just, that the only way you make the story about Jesus and not about you is sharing about your flaws yes. that he helped you overcome. Yes. So do that. Because, yeah, I mean, Paul writes, right, that we should boast more in our weaknesses. And I think that's exactly, he he's the only perfect one. None of us will ever be there. So, wow. So yeah, good. so friendship has to start there. That's it. It does. And it takes that one brave step and... I think we can all do that. Uh, before we, I, again, like you said, we could talk about this. There's so many, so many things in the book that are so good. Can you just touch on conflict and friendship? Because especially for us females listening, mm. conflict is hard. And and I think men are a little bit better about just being really straightforward with one another. You can kind of yeah. put each other down. Yeah. I think we women, we just want to find the common ground. We want to build bridges. We want to agree on things. So conflict is really mm-hmm. hard. That's yeah, that's good, and I, and I do think that that's true. I think if men struggle a bit with the uh, the front end vulnerability, I do think it can be more typical for for women to struggle with the let's be honest and forgive, not let this mm. ice over. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we go back to the idea that the two ingredients of friendship are centers and centers, right? So mm-hmm. should expect to be hurt by mm-hmm. our friends, mm-hmm. unfortunately, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Um, that's actually not necessarily bad because I, I think what we what can happen is that we live in a world where friendships are more like disposable cups. You know, as soon as it's not working for mm. you, throw it out, yeah. find a new one. Cancel and culture. Means, yeah. yeah, you know, we see every conflict as a barrier to future mm. relationship, but the lens of grace should really flip that for us. Mm-hmm. And if you start to realize that, look, when you push through a conflict and you realize, okay, my friends are definitely going to hurt me. Question is what happens next? And wait, oh, the model of grace in my life of salvation is that Jesus forgives us mm-hmm. and gives us a future. He forgives the past and creates a future. That is where friendships, I think, move from acquaintances or people we like to what I like to call covenant friendships, where yeah. you are really working in the past and the future to say, Let's make this last. And you can't do that without forgiveness. Yeah. So um, I, I think it comes from the practice and the bravery to, to be honest mm-hmm. and apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, we you know we have to move from text chains to in person to do this. You know, we, mm-hmm. I've seen in the past couple years where our friendships have started to move towards text change, which is great for ongoing updates, right? Mm-hmm really bad for misunderstandings. Yes. And even with guys, you know, I've felt like sarcasm and frustrations and we've really had to practice saying, Hey, can we talk? Mm. Cause like the things are getting heated here. Yeah. And, and I love and you have an emoji for that, right? In your group text. We do. We have a, a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We have a campfire emoji, um, and it just means there was, or it's a, a gif or whatever. <laughs> it's it's just this idea of like we need to talk in person. We need to meet over yeah. the back of our fire, which is often the mode of our gathering. But it's this idea that we need to be face to face to say, mm-hmm. "What did you mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, you didn't. All right, I'm sorry." Or you know, ask somebody to apologize. And I just writing the forgiveness chapter ended up being one of the most meaningful chapters in the mm-hmm. book because. Mm-hmm when we do that, we we're acting like Christ and that's mm-hmm. where we really start to move out of relationships um, or connections and into real friendships. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. And I think just as I've been talking to my youngest son about friendships, I think we all have a tendency to want the perfect friend, to want someone who has all of our shared interests, personality just like ours, <laughs> agrees with us on everything. And I think that that can even be an obstacle as an adult to beginning a covenant covenant friendship because mm-hmm. we're like, oh, but I don't really love everything about her or him. Um, right. Can you speak to that? Because I think that we do need a variety of people. We don't, we don't want everyone. And, and there isn't going to be anyone just like us, but talk to us a little more about that. And then also, if you don't mind, touch on how you establish a covenant friendship. And then I promise I'll let you go. So, what the reason I like the term covenant friendship is just because the word friendship has been so abused in the past decades or century. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's become a verb. You know, something mm-hmm. that you can do on Facebook with a click. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to offer covenant friendship as a way to recapture this deep spirituality mm-hmm. of this relationship, which sustains us. Mm-hmm. And part of that um, is is realizing that a covenant friendship will forgive the past as we just talked about, Mm -hmm. but also look to the future. Mm -hmm. And so it's not marriage. It's not a covenant like marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not supposed to be. So I'm going to distinguish that there, but, but we should move a little closer towards, Mm -hmm. you know, promising with friends and being more intentional with friends. And you're right. When we do that, um, when we start to say, Hey, do you want to like, like really dive into this friendship or say something awkward? Like we did by the lockers. (laughs) I love it. Or, or, you know, and I'd suggest this, you know, people starting to say, Hey, I want, do you want to work on covenant friendship together? Like, yeah, mm. that's a little awkward for two dudes. You'll be better <laughs> fathers, better men, better husbands for it. Wow. Um, of course you're going to be a little afraid of like, well, did I pick the right person? Just like yeah. you're afraid of this when you date and get married. Right. Yes. But then you realize that, you know, marriage is not meant to make you happy. It's meant to make you holy. And mm. those differences are what help. Right. Yeah. So the great thing about friendship is, um, you can have a lot of them. <laughs> um, you're, you're not unhealthy because you move in and out of them. I mean, it's natural to, yeah. you know, move in and out of friendships over time. So again, not the covenant of marriage, but yeah. when we move more towards the future, I realize, like for me, just for example, um, I have covenant friends here in Richmond who are, you know, wh- white collar professionals like me, stay at home dads, you know, um, blue collar, you know, workers, uh, people who voted for the same presidential candidate I did, people who vehemently disagree with that, mm-hmm. people who are on this side of the theological spectrum, that side of the theological spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be surrounded by people like me. You know, they, they push me mm-hmm. to think differently. And like, they don't care that I am talking on a podcast. They care whether I'm showing up <laughs> to the next fire and engage <laughs> so with true. Them, you know? So and, true. Um, and that is what I love about Covenant Friends. They're real people with all their flaws and I'm one of them with all my flaws and we're rooted here in geographical relationships in a particular place and that 
sanctifies me. So that makes me more like Jesus. And if I were just to be chatting in online, you know, tweets or Facebook groups with people who think exactly like me, it's not necessarily bad. But if that was the, mm-hmm. you know, the medium of my, most of my relationships, I would not be becoming more like Christ. Mm. I'd be becoming more like myself, which is mm. very dangerous. Yes, right. <laughs> very dangerous. So good. Oh, well, there's a whole lot more that I could talk about, but I'm just going to encourage everyone to go read this book, Made for People, Why We Drift into Loneliness and How to Fight for a Life of Friendship. I think women need it. I think our men need it. Get it for your guys, sons, husbands. Um, it's so good. So um, thank you. And can I ask you my fun little end of our conversation question before I let you off the hook? Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. I so we know what it was now. So this is going to be yeah, awesome. There we go. So amazing, as defined in my book, Raising Amazing, is something that is a pleasant surprise or causes wonder. And we're talking summertime here. You've got four boys. What in your life currently or recently would you call amazing? Oh, that's good. Um, The James River is amazing. I live here in Mm. Richmond and I love it. And I'm going to tie it into our theme here because the the James River is a place where um, not only I just walk my boys to all the time, it's about five Mm -hmm. minutes away from our house and it's beautiful and it it causes wonder because you Mm. see something that the Lord like just made Mm. Um, and it's just beautiful ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And also um, this has been a feature of many friendships. So we go to the river or we sit mm-hmm. on rocks of the river and talk. And it's been one of those amazing places where you grasp wonder together. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of memories with friends there and hopefully my boys will too. So the James oh, River is amazing. So good. I love that. Yeah. God's creation is amazing and a great place to go to just be reminded of his awesomeness. Well, this interviews coming out like I think the day after your book release. So I just want to officially be one of the first to say congratulations. Thank Yay. You. Book launch. So I really exciting. appreciate the great questions here. And I, I'm so glad you enjoyed the book. Oh my goodness. Yes. So for those who now are on the edge of their seat, where can they find it? Where, where can they follow you? Uh, you know, you can Google made for people and you'll find it on all the retailers. Um, my my website is justinwhitmoreearly.com, and I, we put that in the show notes for spelling. Mm-hmm. But if you Google Justin Lawyer Author, you know you'll you'll find all the stuff. <clears throat> I am um, more active on Instagram than anything else, so if people message mm-hmm. me there and follow me um, at Justin Whitmore Early, you can mm-hmm. see all kinds of stuff I post about the the boys and parenting habits yep. and friendship and all of the above. Yeah, I love your reels. You do some good um, just snippets that are really encouraging and helpful. So I'll be linking to that as well. Well, good. Thanks. Social media can be redeemed. (laughs) It can. And I wanted to talk about social media today, but people can read about it in the book because I think you have some great perspective on that for all of us. So They they can. Just, yeah, social media is a snack. Friendships or meals, just stay healthy. That's my that's my point. And then that's oh, shelf. so good, so good. There we go. You just tackled it. All right, Justin. Yeah. Thank you so much. Can't wait to one day get our families together. But just appreciate your time here on the podcast. Okay, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation nearly as much as I did. Of course, you can find show notes, links to the book, and all the things we talked about on my website. And today, you can find that at monicaswanson.com forward slash made for people.
just decided that was easier this time. Justin's been on before, and I think he'll be on again. So monicaswanson.com forward slash made for people. And while you're over there, you can always leave a comment. Uh, You can click around, find some of my old articles, find a recipe. You know my website's got a whole lot of years of really good stuff that I've put so much into. So don't be a stranger. Make yourself at home over there. Dip your toes in the virtual sand and hang out a little bit, okay? So thank you for being here. God bless you guys. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.